I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind, and the business got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know, the street nerds got no time for no caca. Sass in class, yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Red Room. Ah, uh, yeah. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room, where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, Tracy? 2017. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so y'all know how we do it on the Rant Room. On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. So just a little small disclaimer for you guys. Lisa Bolakaja is on a, I think she's on a panel. What's it called? Not IFCON. It's one of something with a con in it. Somewhere. World Traveler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She had on somebody's panel. Bola get Kaja. it, get it, Lisa. So sitting in today with us, my man, Tracy Grant over here. Back writer, again. Writer, director, producer himself, Pimp Dog. What's up, Chandice? Come on in. What it do? <clears throat> nice to be back with you, as always. <laughs> um... So we got my man Tracy sitting in with us. We're going to do a kick-ass little episode for you guys. So if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get it in. My other dude just came in. Yes, sir. So today I got an email from one of the guests. I mean, one of the guests. One of our, um, one of the fans of the show. Um, we get these questions to us all the time about, you know, the show. And, you know, her name is, um, her name is Anwar. I'm not sure where she's from. Um, probably somewhere in the United States, that we have fans all over the world, thank God. And so we got this question from this fan about um, doing a podcast on um, screenwriting programs, training programs, degree, degree programs, <clears throat> and stuff like that. So I decided let's bring in some of my favorite friends from the Writers Guild who have went through some of those programs, who are now in the Guild, who um, you know, have accomplished a lot. Um, and, and everybody has a different voice and a different take on it. Cool? So, sure. um, so today, let me set y'all up right quick. My girl, my home team, we've been talking about having you on for Spe- a minute. This is a special guest. Yes, right of course. Here. Am I getting paid? <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> Putting extras on. I send 10% to your agent. <laughs> <laughs> Take one of these again. Exactly. What's so up, y'all? we've been talking about having her on for a minute. So everybody, this is Miss, Miss Natasha Tash. Great, y'all in the house. Hey. What's up, girl? Hey. Hey there. Can you turn that mic just a little up? Turn it up. Twist it. Twist it. There you go. Perfect. Rub it down. What's up, girl? Welcome to the show. (laughs) Hey, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) Happy to be here finally. Yes, Yes, ma'am. I was about to say yes, sir. Look. I, that's because it's nothing but men here. Like, yeah. So <laughs> feel like you back in the writers' room, don't it? It really does. <laughs> well, it's balance. Exactly. Today. And slide that over to my man over here. So you guys gonna have to split the mic today. Forgive me. <clears throat> so we got my man Chandis Jackson in here in the house. 
How's everybody doing? <laughs> we good, we good. So you can really, I mean, even though you moved into TV some now, yeah. but we could talk, we, you could talk about us from the feature point of view. Definitely. You know, if that's all right. And I need you a little closer to the mic. Uh, um, yeah, definitely, definitely. Not many people know there's a, a feature outlet out there as well. <laughs> Is it really? Still. <laughs> so welcome to the show, Tannis. Thank, Thank you for coming. Thanks. And then to my right, my man over here. Brandon Easton, I love yeah. your name. Thank you. Don't, that's not like a superhero shit, don't it? It just so happens. <laughs> just so happen you write superheroes, don't it? Yes, I do. <laughs> Slick radio voice going exactly, on. Exactly, don't it? Look. I feel look. like he just turned that on though. Nah. He's like, let me he's sitting, this, right? this for the right? ladies. <laughs> he, he's sitting in the cut. I do do a couple of podcasts uh-huh. myself. Yeah, it is. That's there right. Tell him what's, what's your show called? I do a show called Writing for Rookies, which mm-hmm. is a uh, basically intro style podcast for writers of comics, graphic novels, mm-hmm. and science fiction, fantasy things along those lines. And I also do a podcast called The Two Brandons, which I'll be talking about. And it's Brandon Easton, that's me, and Brandon Thomas, the two black male Brandons working in comics right now. The, the only two. Well, not, <laughs> yeah, not the only two. But, uh, That's what they think. The Brandon, That's right? what they the think. Brandon, right? Exactly. But the exactly. trick is they constantly confuse us. I get his books at cons and he gets mine. The same. Really? It's, it's, it's ridiculous. We don't look anything And like. you look just alike because you're both black. <laughs> right. Yeah. I figured that. Right. I mean, I, I think exactly. my shoulders are about three inches broader than his. I'm a little bit taller, a little bit heavier, but somehow they can completely confuse us. Got it. So me and him, we just basically do very similar to what's going on here, except we argue a lot about pop culture. Okay. We've had a long, we've had a war going on with the the entitlement of the geek community and the mm. failure of black geeks to support mm. black genre material. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of been our mantra, <laughs> our, our through line. Go ahead, what you got to say, Chandler? months. I don't even know anything about that. That's <laughs> good. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, thank you so much, man. It's great, it's great to be back. It's yes, of course. Yeah. It's been a while, huh? Yeah, it has. Since yeah. I could. Okay, cool. That's what's up. So, welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. So, you guys heard that little piece I just did from uh, Anwar? Is that the name yes. I said it was? Yes, Anwar. Yeah, so thank you um, for sending us that little question. So, let's go ahead and go around the room. We'll start with you, Tracy. <clears throat> so, let's talk about what fellowship were you in, and let's talk about some of the, um, the do's and don'ts. Okay, all for the listeners in Anwar. Um, I am an alum of the ABC Writing Fellowship, mm-hmm. um, among too, the most well-known. Um, we have lots of experienced uh, fellowship alum here at the table. And I would say every year is different, every scenario is different. The personnel have changed mm-hmm. somewhat. But, you know, write your ass off and don't be an a-hole. <laughs> was the mantra I got pretty early on, and that boils it down, but I think that's a good starting place. Cool. Well, well, we'll get into, like, what you guys submitted, you know, why you think you guys got in over other people and all that stuff. Chash, what, what, what program were you in? And, and, and uh, let's tell them a little bit about that. Um, <clears throat> I've done a couple of programs. Because she got it like that. Look at her. Yeah, mm-hmm. pimp the system. Brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was gonna pimp you. Um, she like some of them bitches be paying. I was like, shit. <laughs> I uh, I did uh, the Producers Guild has a little program. Mm. I did that one. Mm-hmm. Um, then I did NBC's Writers on the Verge, and then I did um, the Disney ABC um, program that Tracy also did. Okay. What year? And, what year were you in? By the way, in the ABC program, yeah. twenty thirteen. So okay. What year ago. were you in? Uh, uh, <clears throat> The old year of our Lord, 2000, <laughs> 2006. 
Okay. And to be clear, you have to submit a script for anyone who doesn't know. You have to submit a script. Yeah, we'll get into that. Competitive situation. Sure. So we were fortunate to be accepted into these programs. Cool. Pass the Dutchie over there to Chandis. <laughs> yeah, like Tash, I did. To the side. Oh, there you go. I did uh, three programs. I did the Disney ABC program. But I, at the time, they had a feature program, which mm-hmm. was, in, in my understanding, yeah, <laughs> they don't have it anymore. But, you know, it's weird because I thought it was harder to get into. There were four writers mm-hmm. versus the TV side where there were 10 writers. Wow. So the odds of you getting in. So, so the odds were tougher. The application submission process was a little bit more strenuous. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so I did the feature program, and then I did the – the PGA diversity uh, oh, program okay. as well mm-hmm. after that, which was great because I can talk about some. I think the application process just closed for that. Um, and then recently I did the Universal Emerging Writers Program. Damn. You should so, be doing every damn thing. And it was weird because, I mean, it, it, you, you like I said, people normally think most of the programs are geared towards TV. Mm-hmm. Every program that I did was geared towards features. Mm-hmm. And, and so it was different because the focus in many ways on the feature side is gearing towards writer's room, writer's rooms that are configured like a, a TV room in, in many ways. Mm-hmm. But, you know, your, your feature writers, you kind of break the overall arc of what I would call uh, a story or what do you want to call it? A, uh, as they call now, not just, uh, uh, what do you call it? Not just one, what do they call the universe? I guess mm-hmm. is the term they're using now. You mm-hmm. know, like Marvel Universe. They have universes now. Correct. So you break those Correct. universes and then you go off and you kind of write your specific storyline relative to that universe. Mm-hmm. Cool. Brenda, did you say where you were, sorry? I did uh, Disney ABC 2015. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Now let's talk about, so you were starting to say, so let's get into, for the kids out there, <clears throat> like what, what do you think it was you guys did in particular? We know you guys all had to submit, you know, your spec. Yeah. You had to submit specs for the not original. Did you have to sit uh, pilots. original pilots? You had to do an original pilot for your yeah. for ABC. Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah. Oh, they they switched it. Now. They yeah, changed they it. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, that's important. After the year, because when you were in, it was just a <laughs> Tracy Hunt. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. BC. Okay. <laughs> so I had to submit <laughs> in the year of our Lord. <laughs> um, and I remember those conversations. They're trying mm-hmm. to figure out a way to weed out all of the applications mm-hmm. that were coming in and. One of the changes that was made was to have people submit a second script and submit a pilot to go with that that first spec. Okay. But that was that was a little after my time. So I, and, and I that's a good and that's a good point, Tracy, because they did start at some point. I mean, it, it takes money to read these scripts and mm-hmm. so forth. And so, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people will, I guess complain about, wow, I need recommendations. That kind of defeats the purpose mm-hmm. because I don't know anybody, so how mm-hmm. do I get into these programs when somebody has to recommend me? But it, on the other side, it does uh, shorten or minimize the pool of, of applicants, and it makes it easier for the program to kind of administer it, sure. you know, sure. the, this, this workshop. And it's, and, it's, and it's more difficult to find the writer, the the uh, the readers to read you know an hour and a half a ninety or a hundred and ten page script than it is to have them read a thirty well, or a hundred well of course hundred yeah. or sixty page sixty script. page sure. yeah 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 go ahead Tash and they like you know my year I don't know did they have letters of recommendation for your year? yes 
So, I mean, we had letters of recommendation suggested, Mm -hmm. but I know for a fact that if you didn't have a name on there, you weren't getting, no, because really the programs aren't to find that pluck out somebody from obscurity. Mm -hmm. Nope. So for those who think, oh, I'm in Idaho and I'm about to be plucked out, (laughs) you better get a potato. You ain't going nowhere Mm -hmm. because, yeah, Idaho (laughs) potatoes, that's what you're going to be doing. Because it's not. It's really for all of those rooms that all of those showrunners that say, oh, I would love to have a diverse writer's mm-hmm. room, but I can't find anyone of yeah. of merit or talent. Blah, These are blah, people blah. who are ready to be staffed. Right. right. Or yeah. who have like. Or who have all, been staffed sometimes. Most of the time. Yeah. have. Yeah. I mean, in my class alone, there were people who sold pilots. And mm. I was just like, what are you doing here? You mm-hmm. should be mentoring me. Okay. I mean, <laughs> so. They have all these things, and so you have to have the spec. You have to have two specs because they could ask for another spec and a pilot, and you needed to have met people and have done like the legwork necessary. Mm -hmm. Most of them, most of us had agents, our managers, Mm -hmm. or both, um, and just were at the precipice to like, you know, we just need that extra little push. We might be in the gym, Mm -hmm. but we making that free throw shot from the door. So we trying to get on (laughs) all the (laughs) men in here. Let's let's get me at least (laughs) on the court. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm cool with a half court shot, but can I just not be at the door? So that's what the programs are for. I have a bunch of those saving. Saving for these times. (laughs) Put me on the floor. (laughs) right? Like 90 feet ain't nothing. What? I would be high five in a bitch if I was across the thing. I'm I'm ready to go watch the game. Give me an assist. That's what I The idea being they would not have to work terribly hard to staff Mm -hmm. members of that particular year's class because it's already a very daunting and sort of challenging task. So it got tougher over time in terms of not only the material, but hopefully the experience level that you might have so mm-hmm. that it wouldn't be, you know, pushing this boulder up the mountain mm-hmm. just to get you in a meeting or to or to get you staff. So that's kind of the reality of it. You know, you still have to apply in order to give yourself a chance, but it's it's daunting. And there were people in, in my group who had representation, had been mm-hmm. staffed in the past. Mm-hmm. So that part of it has, has been there for a while. And I think that's true. That's, a, that's the challenging part of it. Sometimes I, I think on average I've seen at least uh, a couple of classes where people have done maybe two programs and they finally have gotten mm. their break. Yeah. You, think, you think you only need maybe more than two. <laughs> you think... <laughs> 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 I know. You, you think you need, you know, maybe just one program. Sometimes it's multiple programs. Mm-hmm. And I can recall in, maybe in last year's Writers on the Verge program, mm-hmm. of the eight or so participants, I knew six of them. Really? Wow. Personally. And that, and at some point, you're in this game for a long time. You just know the people that are in yeah, these programs. Yeah. You're like, finally, they got a break. It's a, it's so, a small, it's a small little community. It's, it's an unofficial here, you know? class Definitely. in some regards. It's like this invisible class of people kind of mm-hmm. going through each rung, and then mm-hmm. eventually they get a show. And you're like, wow, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we all learned pretty quickly to keep writing and keep working. And if it appeared that there'd be some guarantee that this particular door was going to open. We were all quickly disavowed of that. Okay. Okay. Let me just pick back up for that. How many times did you submit before you got in? People see because motherfuckers think they're going to submit and just get in. Everybody I know did it two or three times, mostly. You know what I mean? So there's a caveat. There's a caveat with me. (laughs) 
You gonna be mad. I am one for one, but two things I think are relevant. The previous year, I had been a finalist in the CBS program. Okay. And in a subsequent year, I was a finalist in CBS. Really? That's the first thing. Second thing is the same year and the exact same script was rejected by the Warner Brothers. Tell them. So Uh I can say, you know, I applied once and I got in and all of that, but the subjectivity of Mm -hmm. that whole process Mm -hmm. is really beyond what we can even, we could even say. I agree. Because, I mean, I did apply to ABC and I got in the first time, but Mm -hmm. I didn't apply the years before because I was just like, it's like too Mm -hmm. many people applying to Mm -hmm. that program. So So what finally made you decide to go ahead and do it? My manager is a bully. (laughs) She was just like, look, they already know who you are. Mm -hmm. So if you apply, the Mm -hmm. likelihood of you at least getting to the second round is very likely. And I was like, Oh, you're right. So I like wrote a spec in two weeks. Really? Yeah, because at that point, I already did. She has a really interesting voice, though. See, that, you got to clarify that shit, though. That's important. Yeah. You know, you have, I, your I comedy timing is really interesting. An interesting voice, to <laughs> say the least. But um, we don't know what Hilliard mean by that. No. <laughs> but I mean I, it in the best way, trust and, me. And thank you. You stand out and you know it. I, I felt like. You know, they do know who's out there. They look for the people that whose names are already in people's mouths. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. If you, you think, oh, like, like Chandra just said, he knew six. I'm always surprised if I don't know at least half the class. Mm-hmm. And the ones I don't know... They probably aren't diverse. <laughs> so, another Why story, another time. Why you got to roll your about it? Why you got to roll your neck about it, though? <laughs> no, she has a really... Am I not telling the truth? No. Okay. I was going to say, go ahead, go ahead. one of the things that I learned that is not a spoken thing, that you need to get to know these people in social environments. This is, right. not, this is not emphasized enough. I mean, I finagled my way into one of the ABC mixers where I, I was not on the email list, but I feel, still managed to get in. And because of that, I strongly believe that it tipped the scales in a minuscule way toward me, not in a grand way, but enough to where when they saw my face and saw my name, they made a connection and did not have a negative connotation connected to it. Mm-hmm. It matters. And that For matters. Sure. <clears throat> and I'll never forget it because this is back in 2012. One of my buddies who's a member of, the, I think, the Asian American something coalition. Okay. He forwarded me one of the RSVPs for the ABC mixers hmm. over on um, Ventura Boulevard, mm-hmm. not far from here. Mm-hmm. And I showed up, and I had met some of the people who wound up being my bosses and my mentors <laughs> in the really? program that year. Interesting. I mean, well, that day, but mm-hmm. in 2015, three years later, it actually kicked in. So they but, were familiar to you by the time right. you saw them. Yeah. And I went there, and I was green. I didn't know how to behave because, I mean, I'm still learning how, what the protocol of behavior is here. Mm. You know what I mean? Because... I was raised to always be who I am, mm-hmm. and then I find that you can't because that'll intimidate and scare and frighten. And make <laughs> well, you know, we have to be on our P's and Q's as black folks, too. That's, that's the problem. White folks just be doing whatever, whatever they, they want. I'm and just going to tell it. I still <laughs> don't understand the, the you code. You know I'm going to say my shit. Well, no, I'm serious. It's like I don't understand the, the code of behavior because I'm six foot two, mm-hmm. and I'm not a small framed human. Mm-hmm. So it's well, you like, are now. Well, I've lost 90 pounds, but that's different. That's a whole different ballgame. Pretty Ricky with the collar. <laughs> but the bottom line is that my physical physical being is enough to freak people out to where they won't even sure. want to interview me. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying, but I cannot physically shrink. I can't do the Christopher Reeve and Superman 1 thing mm-hmm. where when I'm Clark. I'm or Ant Man. Yeah, but the trick is, I, I don't know how to make myself diminutive <clears throat> to the point where I don't 
intimidate people. Okay. $3.50 for that work. Nah. <laughs> um, I think that's been an issue because I've talked to a couple of showrunners who mm-hmm. are fantastic to me, and they haven't hired me, but they've been fantastic in every other, in every other regard. Sure. And they said, dude, you know, you, are, you intimidate people. Wow. And did, did they, they give you, you any specific? Yeah, they told me that one, there's one show, I can't, I'm not, obviously I'm not going to say names, but there was one showrunner who had, was familiar with me, but she, as a white woman, mm-hmm. was scared of me. Was scared of you. Yeah, not because I've actually done anything, yeah, yeah, yeah. but because physically when I walk in a room, I'm going to take up physical space in that, it's like a like, like pig pen, it's like mm-hmm. a big dark cloud. You wow. Know? Not, I'm not, not that I'm filthy, yeah, yeah, yeah. but the whole point is that you walk <laughs> in and you kind of create a shadow mm-hmm. and some people can't handle that like and it freaks out some of these showrunners and that's been the thing that i don't i think that's my true the the riddle i have to un, you know unravel i got to figure out how to make myself less intimidating to people you know i don't know how to do that i don't think you know. think i mean i don't think he, he needs to you know do that yeah, only because yeah. i'm thinking of like charles murray <laughs> oh yeah okay look. Awesome. or chael <laughs> you know yes. those are yes Big you know, big, right. you know, Eric Haywood. Mm-hmm. Like, they're Haywood, not yeah. little. Yeah. You know, Carlito. Mm-hmm. I know Carlito. He looked yeah. like he had to slap <laughs> yeah, anybody. Right. What's up, Carlito? That's no, no, what's up, Carlito? He has that, <laughs> like, right there. That's you know, dude. intimidating mm-hmm. stance. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's Fucking that. Malcolm Spellman. Malcolm, Come on. Yeah. Yeah, Come on. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I, I can say there are some, you know, people who will not hire you for that. But those are people you just not, don't need to work for. Right. Um, you can't shrink, you know, right. you can't shrink yourself. Right. And in mm-hmm. fact, it, it would be a disservice to you and to whatever show you do belong on if you decide to I try agree. to, you know, become something different in order sure. to get a job. You'll mm-hmm. be unhappy and you don't want to be unhappy. I mean. And there'll be something else that's beyond your control. Like <clears throat> something I got early on. It's like we could spend a lot of time talking about what we can't control and mm-hmm. how other people respond to that, I think we're better served putting that energy in what we can do and what we yes, can't do. It's like you, you can't shrink. You can't be a smaller, mm-hmm. right. you know, raise your voice a higher octave, all that stuff. It's like, <laughs> it's not <laughs> We are who we are. Right. So, you know, we have to kind of bring. What's going on Hey, girl. Can't, can't do anything about that. That's hilarious. Um, and I've, I've heard it too. I've, I've been referred to as somebody used the word tough. Me, really? Really? I'm, I'm you? A tough guy? Right. You know, I'm, I'll. Won't run necessarily, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I was very surprised to hear. I'm right. shocked, and I'm like, <laughs> no, just I know, I know so, this motherfucker for a long time. So look. <laughs> I understand what yeah. Brandon's saying. Yeah, right. yeah. People really do have this intimidation factor. Um, you know, with brothers who may not be. He just one of them educated, well spoken motherfuckers. That's why, yes. well, <laughs> as you are, Brandon. You feel me? Right. Yeah, it, it, but so you we know, can't do anything about that. So therefore, right. don't yeah. stress it. Right. And, and you know that's a, that's a good point. I think that is one difference between TVs and features to mm-hmm. that extent. Because when you're when you're playing in the feature space, more or less, I mean, typically you you know you're going in and they're and they're reading your work sometimes blind or sometimes they know a little bit about sure. you, but they're 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 not trying to put you in a certain box in a room per se. They're not you're not one of you're not one of a team of of five writers who are going to play mm-hmm. on this basketball squad. You're mm-hmm. basically Venus or Serena. You're, 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 you're a tennis player, you know. Yeah. And I remember, you know, when the writer who wrote Straight Outta Compton, mm-hmm. you know, 
And and she said, yeah. Andrea you know, something? Yeah, whatever. Andrea yeah. Berloff. Mm-hmm. And, and she's from Boston, you know, white mm-hmm. girl from Boston. And, and I, you know, people were like, so how did you get the right straight out of Compton? You know, and, and, and you know, she, she told her story. Dre hired her. And she basically said, look, you know, I pitched it as an American story. There were numerous pitches that went out, but that was the story he wanted to they tell. They connected to it. And they connected to yes. it. You know, he didn't mm-hmm. want a hip-hop story. He didn't want a story about the 80s mm-hmm. or whatever. Because I, I, when you think about it, you know, that, that's how it should be across the board. It, shouldn't, it should be about the craft. It should be about the work. But unfortunately, unfortunately, it's, you know, I think more so in TV than, than features is about other stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about, well, do we like you? Is he going is right. to play well in the sandbox mm-hmm. with that writer? Who right. I, you know, stuff Correct. like that. Go ahead, Tash. Know? I'm not in features, so I'm going to preface it with, I am not in features. <laughs> yeah, bitch. <laughs> However. You know she got six or seven of them written, though. <laughs> I'm just going to say, you know, Andrea, I know that same story mm-hmm. she told, or even Allison, who wrote one of the writers on um, Hidden Figures. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, and they'll say, you know, that, you know, they pitched this story or whatever, and and... That's probably true. I mean, that's true. They went and they pitched it. But were they the only one to pitch that? No. We have to also understand that when you're trying to get a movie made, Mm -hmm. sometimes it's more popular to go with the non-black writer for a black movie so that it can feel like immediately, Mm -hmm. oh, it's going to be mainstreamed because it's not coming just from our perspective. Mm -hmm. And I think as a business entity, some of those people made those decisions. And then what they do is, I won't say any names, <laughs> but what they do is then go hire black people mm-hmm. to do the black pass. Mm. So really, did they have the better pitch? Did they really get those voices? Or did you have someone in who's not credited mm-hmm. <clears throat> come in and then make it more authentic to the story you really like, you talking about like ghostwriting like came in and ghostwriting a lot of uncredited oh, oh, happens all the time um, uncredited oh yeah you can you, it's a lot they don't even consider it yeah. ghostwriting if you don't do a lot of changes you yeah. know the WGA is, isn't Correct. going to give you arbit, you know arbitration Correct. is going to give you credit yeah. so a lot of I those movies of last year Exactly, mm-hmm. and, and you know, I, I was pitched to do one recently, and I was just like, they trying to get me to do the back pass, <laughs> how much they paying, exactly. but they trying to do it, because mm-hmm. I knew who had written it, mm-hmm. and I was like, she, she did not do a poor job, mm-hmm. but she did not in any way nail those voices, mm. and I know why they picked that person, it was a business decision. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, that's why you did it. But a lot of times, that's what happens. And that's just something that we have to realize mm-hmm. until we get someone who's brave enough mm-hmm. to say, I'm writing a, uni- I'm making a universal feature film that Moonlighting, or mm-hmm. Moonlight, not, mm-hmm. not the one with Bruce Willis. <laughs> not Bruce Willis. <laughs> but that was really good. Barry Jen- Jenkins' film, Black. And it was still universal, right? And it still translates. So it just takes the people who have a little bit more money and can get films greenlit to say, I'm still going to hire Chandis because he's going to come in and pitch, have a great pitch, and he's a great writer. And I'm not going to worry about everybody else saying, oh, it's a black movie, which is the same thing they did with, like, Gina's movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. 
Gina, um, Prince Brightwood. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, 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 no. Beyond, Beyond the Lights. Oh, okay. How they labeled it a black movie, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Come on, guys, that's yeah. not even. It's yeah. not even close. It's a mm-hmm. pop star." Mm-hmm. You know, and they even tried to like do that on Netflix until mm-hmm. she said something mm-hmm. like, what are you doing? This is a <laughs> universal story. So not to be offensive or defensive to what he's saying, but sure. I'm just saying another side of that is it exists in TV and in film equally. Agreed. And that's why they have the universal programs. And somebody else is starting another film program. Have you heard about it? I can't remember. Does HBO oh, have Sony. one now? Sony might be. Thank you, yeah. Sony. Yeah, they have. Yes. I know they have a direct in and everything too, but yeah. Sony. yeah. Were you about to say something, Tracy? I thought you were leaning in, like you was about to get in. <laughs> He's about to lean with a rock with it or something, or what? <laughs> Second emotion, that's about it. <clears throat> Sorry, but. <laughs> All right, cool. And by the way, this is, why this, this is why this is called the rant room. Because we might be talking about a topic, but we go off on a whole other fucking rant. So don't worry if we ask you a question to go off. Okay, just keep doing your shit. I'll steer us back to the motherfucking questions. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about um, the interview process. Because <clears throat> it might have been different for you, Tracy, several years ago. Like you said, <laughs> now, now Tim McNeil is still there. He was there probably when you was there. But, but for instance, some of the, some of the um, faculty may have changed. And the rules may have changed. Because I know you have a lot of really good theory on the interview and things you learned and being prepared and not drinking too much and all that shit yeah, like that. Yeah, there was so rules. So let's get in. Let's talk about the interview process for each and every one I of you I was events. very tempted to drink. Um, but I did. Well, well hold, on, hold on, hold on. Let's set up what it is. What happens in the, in, oh, the, yes. in the process? Initially, there will be a phone interview sort of feeling out, very general. Mm-hmm. Was it like the top 20, top 10 or something? Oh, uh, for the phone interview? Yeah, how many? 26, wasn't it? Nah, I think it was more of a. Oh, is it that many? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. There's a lot of people. That was a blur. Okay, I didn't realize that. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people. Even NBC, it's a lot of people on the phone interview, and that the um, phone interviews is like it could be anywhere from fifty to seventy-five, depending on how well they. I didn't know that. And different people call. Okay. That's why, like, I don't know. Depends on. Who, where you are on that list, you may get one per- person or you may get three people. Okay. And I always say how many people you get is... <laughs> on the same call. On the same call. It's <laughs> is based on how they really, like, oh, this is a real prospect. Because then they'll okay. have, like, an assistant, you know, say, knock somebody off the list. Like, they're not sure about. Okay. But, yeah, no, that's, like, 50 at least wow. are phone called. Okay. Yeah. There's ahead, so Trace. many people, again, they're looking for reasons... To weed people out and to eliminate people. Mine was initially just making sure I'm the person that the application said uh, a few questions about the script, essentially to test my familiarity mm-hmm. with, with the material, how I function as a writer. Am I in a writer's group? What am I doing? I was in New York at the time. Was, it, was, there, was there something that just, something just occurred to me? Forgive me for jumping in the middle sure. of your thought. Was there, was there something, and this is for all of you, was there something in your application, like when you tell something about yourself, that you find that really do you think might have resonated with people? If I had to guess, I mean, I had a lot of, I had a lot of passion for TV drama mm-hmm. that I think somehow came across. I was okay. starving Mm-hmm. To find a way from New York to here mm-hmm. to pursue this, okay. um, I had a couple of 
near misses, so to speak, in previous years and previous mm-hmm. programs, so I could speak to that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I was just kind of... Go ahead, Tash. What do you think? I have a shameless plug. Of course <laughs> I think. <laughs> Hell, you're... Of course I think the application um, is very important. I know mm-hmm. for a fact it is, because after they get to, through the script and you get a certain score, let's say it's 95 is the cutoff, mm-hmm. 95 out of 100, yes, you have to score that high. Then they, that may be 20% of 2,000 mm-hmm. that get 95. Sure. Now, they're not going to, 200 people, is not, it's not happening. So they need a new way to then weed off that next group. Mm, that's right. And they go to the application, and the application is another writing sample. Yep. Right. And if you, if you think you can wait to the last minute and just throw it together, <laughs> you're, not, you're not going to. And a lot of people re- don't realize your script is good enough, but your application is what didn't get you to the mm-hmm. next level. Thus, I started application consulting. <laughs> oh, that's right. Tell them, yeah. bitches. Right. Yeah, Tell them. So um, you can visit becometvwriter.com, www.becometvwriter.com. But basically, I'm helping you find those gems about you that you can put into the application. Because that, like Tracy just said, his passion to come from New York to L.A. was in that application. Mm-hmm. It was there. And because he had already applied a couple of times, I'm sure his application now was was polished. Mm-hmm. All of that, the bio. Mm-hmm. A lot of people take their yep. bio and regurgitate their resume. Mm-hmm. Bad idea. Mm. Or they talk about, I love TV. Everybody loves TV. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I want to tell something stories. New. I, I used to have a journal as a child. So did everybody. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, you have to find what makes your voice special and then figure out how to put it into the application right. and mm-hmm. actually answer the question. Can you, can you give us then I know you have your own thing, but just for the sake of the people listening all over the world, and hopefully they'll reach out to you too. But can you give us like an example? So like say if you're a, if if when you were a kid you were blah blah blah, put this in your resume that or your bio that does that. Can you give them a little? Brandon's gonna do it. Yeah, Go ahead, actually, give it, give it to us. one of the things I will say <clears throat> definitely tipped the scales in my favor was the fact that I had a life that had been lived. Hmm. In the sense that I just didn't, I wasn't someone's assistant. I didn't just graduate from undergrad and go straight to, you know, sure. the, the, the scene. I was a teacher in New York City for hmm. about six years. I taught um, English, I'm sorry, I taught U.S. history and economics in the Bronx and in Harlem. Mm-hmm. So that was a part of me. Then the graphic novel side of it. Hmm. And then in my essay, I talked about the fact that my grandfather was a World War II veteran who fought for rights he didn't get. And in order for him not Love to. Love that. Damn. In order for him not to go insane, yes. I felt that he kind of retreated into a world of genre in the 60s and 70s mm-hmm. when that would be Star Trek, Wild Wild West, The Rat Patrol, Bonanza, you know, Gunsmoke, mm-hmm. all the genre stuff. That was his solve to deal with the wounds of uh, white supremacy. Wow. And so when I was a very young man, <clears throat> child, baby almost, I spent so much time with my grandfather and we would watch all that stuff and that's mm-hmm. what got me into liking television. Okay. Or specifically genre material. Mm-hmm. And I put that in there. Love it. So when I've talked to people... It's personal. Actually, it's coming from, a, from right. your childhood point of view. Right. And right. Love it. A lot of love people, it. I would actually, I actually did... I didn't even know Tash. And mm-hmm. I would say, go to her website. Oh, did you? Okay, yeah. Because I would definitely refer people to her because mm-hmm. I was like, look, you're not listening to me. I keep telling you because some people just... So if you pay for it, then maybe you'll listen. Yeah. So sometimes people like to pay for advice they can get for free. I don't understand that. But Listening challenge. Right, right. I'm telling you, I'm in charge. Right, exactly. So... You definitely want to have 
not just some tragedy, but talk about how, at least, at least in my group, they were looking for people who had a life that, was, that had been lived, because mm-hmm. most of the people in the 2015 group had these amazing backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And I'm still stunned, you know, that, you know, I, I was with some of them. Like, you people did so much more than me. I thought I was accomplished. And mm. one lady had a, uh, a web series that the New York Times had loved. Yeah. You know, another dude was a doctor who went around the world helping people and decided to write about that. Okay, that's really yeah. interesting and, right there. You know, so yeah. many other stories. So mm-hmm. I, I felt that the people I was with, they had these amazing stories that went beyond the pale, so to speak. Okay. They weren't just, I want to be a writer. No, it's like, no, I did some shit in life, and now I have something to say about the world. Mm-hmm. You know, rather than just, like, this is not Sherman. Illinois all mm-hmm. over again. This is not a John Hughes verse. Mm-hmm. So guess what? We have some shit to talk about. And I brought, and I think the, the, the comic book stuff and my grandfather's story and the fact that I was a teacher and in a science background, all that stuff came in handy on the application. And so she's absolutely correct love it, love it. in the sense that you definitely want to have something to say beyond just I, uh, you know, I liked Ferris. Just writing you know, stuff. I like to be a writer. No, what did yeah. you overcome? But, it, but and at the same time, you have to ride this thin line, this razor sharp line of not be indulging in self pity, mm. because a lot of people go into that mm-hmm. realm, and no one wants, no one gives yeah. a shit. Like the one thing I've learned, no one really gives a shit about what you, how bad your life was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the good part about that? What, what about, are? what about you, Chandis? You know, I can, because <clears throat> you have a military background. Yeah, so I can, I, I can totally echo the, you know, what everybody's saying. For me, I remember when I. Um, thank you. When I did the uh, when I did the Disney program, I flew out here. I, I was on the phone in Jersey years ago, coming home from working in finance because I, I had an investment banking finance background and never went to film school that sort of thing. And got a call under what is it one eighty seven whatever the highway was on a ride home and, and pulled over and, and had an interview. I had a phone screen right there. <laughs> 15 minutes, this was for Disney, and of course I'm going to take it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and and two weeks after that, they flew me out to have my in-person, mm-hmm. and the only thing they really talked about was the fact that I worked in finance, and how, you know, and really? how that was unique, and I never, when did I have time to write? I told them I'd get up at five in the morning, be the happy finance guy, and then mm-hmm. after that, I'll go, you know, you know, I'll be, well, get up at five in the morning, write, and then go off and be the happy finance guy, and mm-hmm. I think having that life experience was totally something that set me apart and okay. it's funny because i would watch the you know years ago coming from alabama i would watch the the the, the gun smoke and the raw high mm-hmm. with rowdy yates and mm-hmm. get into that i'm you know so i would totally gravitate towards that mm-hmm. aspect but for me you know that working in finance coupled with being in the military i was a paratrooper jumped out of a couple of planes did um how uh, are you okay okay that's a lot how were you able to put that? And I know this is a question yeah, for yeah. you, too. How were you able to put that on a one-page, well, here I am well, type of here, shit, here's though? The, here's the thing. I mean, <clears throat> most people, when you apply to these programs, and it's about diversity in your voice, mm-hmm. most people might just think it's about skin color, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, well, I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm black. I'm black. You know, <laughs> I'm where, Asian, where do whatever. I, yeah. where, where do I sign up? You right, know, right. and it's totally not that. I mean, one of the things I did was I tried to look for universal themes in my in myself and my mm-hmm. personal experience, mm-hmm. and tie that universal theme to whatever message I was trying to get across from okay. being in the military, mm-hmm. from working in finance, and just always, you know, having that what I call curiosity mm-hmm. about things and about life. You know. Mm-hmm. And I think when you when you focus on that universal theme, your thematic, and just let it kind of 
be in your in your application, be be right out there and, and you know out out in front, you know, sure. tie it all together with that, you know, okay, because that I, makes think, sense. I think I think I think and some of my questions, I'm yeah. speaking for people, I'm just generalizing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, and I because I think <laughs> I think it's it, it's it's a little daunting, but at some point, people want you to be you, and mm-hmm. they want you to be as expressive and and as true to yourself as you can, as you can be, because that that's what's going to get you in a, in a room mm-hmm. or get you the job or whatever, you know, sure. it, it's, it's one of those things where everyone out there, I think has a special story unique to them. I agree. Everybody. And p- even people who think they don't have anything to say, even people they'd be who think surprised. they don't have anything to say, they'd be surprised. Yeah. And I think Go ahead, Tash. that's what the thing. Um, <clears throat> I was just going to say that I'm sure Chandice didn't just, you know, give his timeline. He didn't like do a, a report on himself. You, you can't think, Oh, I'm just going to tell my life story no one wants to really hear that. Mm-hmm. It's all about what you've done, who you are that informs your writing. Because people buy you mm-hmm. before they buy the words on the page. Correct. They want to know your perspective and how who you are is going to affect the stories you tell. Mm-hmm. So you have to figure out, oh, am I going to tell this story about the time my grandmother took a cross-country trip? Yeah, you can tell that story, but how does that inform your writing? Mm -hmm. What from that did you learn that now makes you a different type of writing, Mm -hmm. a writer? Like, jumping out of a plane, I think that's awesome and amazing. Mm -hmm. But what does that say about him as a writer? It says maybe, you know, he takes risks. It says, you know, Mm -hmm. I I remember jumping out of a plane thinking, if the last thing I have to do is this, then Mm -hmm. it's going to be to write. You know, whatever. I mean, that's super melodramatic, Mm -hmm. but it gives you a place to start and you know where to go Mm -hmm. a lot of times people just think you know to what brandon was saying they're going to just tell their sad story but no one cares it's like all your problems are first world problems (laughs) or ma'am you know so Mm -hmm. pick a book write it whatever Mm -hmm. you have to say this is who i am and this is why it makes me this type of writer Mm -hmm. and this is you know and that's that's really all you're saying is (laughs) I'm this type of writer and you, you, this, it's going to intrigue you mm-hmm. just like, you know, you, you're, you want them to actually want to talk to you more mm-hmm. and get to know you and be intrigued by you. And if they don't remember what they read, you're out of luck. You're going to go into no, the pile I'm, of, I'm really glad talking. we're having this conversation because <clears throat> this is one of the most important things I always tell everybody. It's not just the script, you know, People always ask me, how do I keep getting all these jobs and all these assignments? And like, because I go in and pitch a story about myself and, tr- and relate it to the story of something that I'm pitching every time. And it's just a little blurb. But I always go back to my childhood and tell them something, whether it's true or not. Oh, I make sure. You feel me? <laughs> and, and that's a great point. Yeah. You know, that's an awesome point here because this process never ends. You know, mm-hmm. when you go out and you sell yourself, you're always selling yourself. Mm-hmm. And you're tying in your voice to how you are the best person for the, for the job. I mean, that's, yeah. it, 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 you're always doing that. And that's, and that's something that I guess we're, until jobs start coming after us, that's something we're always going to have to do. Well, well most, most, of, most of us are in, are in television. Well, you and I do TV and film. I mean, you do TV and film. You do TV and film too, don't you? You just Shorts. do Okay. You're moving. You're moving. <laughs> and, and, well, we all do TV and film. Let's just say that, right? Now, but let's talk about TV for a quick second. You know, even all of our co-EP friends still have to go out for that job. Every time it's pilot season, you know, or, or staffing season, they're staffing just as much as the staff writers is staffing. You know, you heard on the episode with Jeff and Paul, they're right back out again. I was really you know, feeling that. Being right back out there, going on meetings with, you know, showrunners, having to pitch themselves after just practically running another show. You know, it never stops. 
You know what I mean? Until you're the guy. And I was just going to say this <clears throat> little side thing. One of the things I love that you're doing, Brandon, it's the reason why I started my company while I'm here at this office, is I wanted to be in a position of being my own boss. Mm-hmm. I don't want to wait for Hollywood anymore. Right. So I went and did my first little film. Remember Troublesome? Of course. Critically acclaimed film. You know, people all over the world have seen this one little 15-minute movie that I did. And, and then I started, you know, teaching at OBS and all these other places. And people started going, dude, I love how you did that. Well, you do my movie. I'm 26 movies more in. You know what I mean? So you just never know what is going to happen for you. You just keep on doing it. And Tash, I know, has the same time mentality. How many projects have you directed? What? A bunch. <laughs> you know what I mean? She just puts shit together and directs it with no problem. You know, and she's really good at it. You know, she's got a great eye. We actually directed the same one of the TV shows, too. You know what I mean? So you put yourself out there. You just keep growing. You don't have to wait for Hollywood anymore. What you're doing now is saying, fuck Hollywood, I'm going to make my own shit. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not 10 years ago when it was hard to get a camera. Now you can get one. You know what I mean? So anyway, I just had to throw the... the, You shot on 4K. Yeah, and you better. (laughs) You have an iPhone. I don't know what that is. It might blow up. Okay, that might... They might burst into flames in any minute. Oh, yeah. Um, you can sh- yeah, you can shoot on anything. We're no longer, you know, in the age of film. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the fact that you're doing a short film, I'm like, do it. Do another one. Do yeah. a podcast. Do a, a web series. Do. Mm-hmm. You never know what it's going to be because I have a, um, a, a mentor, an adopted mentor, mm-hmm. who told me, Tracy McMillan, she oh. told me, she said, um, Tash, you know, I was like, really down mm-hmm. however down I get mm-hmm. I don't get that down but I was down for me mm-hmm. and I was just like oh this is just so daunting the whole staffing process and she said there's three stages there's when no one knows who you are mm. tell them they're like who who <laughs> television then they yes. know who you are they're like oh yeah uh-huh. I know Tash yeah yeah I know her uh-huh. and then the third stage is get me Tash ah and so I was hold on, like, hold on, hold on. Repeat all that over again. <laughs> okay, so the first stage, <laughs> don't nobody know your name. Uh-huh. They don't know who you are. Okay. The second stage, oh, I know Tash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know who that is. Uh-huh. And then the third stage is get me Tash. Damn. You hear that, Brandon? I'm listening. You need to and hear that, that today. Oh, you need to you hear need it to hear that because today. she said, you're in line. And mm. if you get out of line, you got to start all over to all who over is again. she? Mm. Yes. So she's like, people know who you are now. Oh, I know Tash. Mm-hmm. But eventually, you're going to move up to the front of the line, and they're going to be saying, get me Tash. Damn. You hear that, Tracy? Stay in line. You hear that, Tracy? You got to stay in line. And I was like, word, I ain't getting out of line. Yes. It doesn't matter what they do. Mm -hmm. I'm staying right here. Mm -hmm. You can keep putting people in front of me. That's fine. I'm still here. Mm -hmm. And I know you know my name, and eventually... You're going to be asking for me. Yes. And I'm going to remember you. Nah, this is, <laughs> <laughs> this, this is crazy. Because <laughs> people listening, like, there's friends at this table. We know each other pretty well. Mm-hmm. Like, we've been in writers groups. We've all, I think, picked each other up at mm-hmm. different points in time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, y'all just got some free game. Free you know, game. That is way more useful than you might know at this moment. But it's all output. In addition to your application and spending your time and selling yourself, and you have to come to grips with that too. Like, you have to find your expression of rock with me, showrunner, mm-hmm. executive producer. <clears throat> I got what it takes. Mm-hmm. And I can show you better than I can tell you, so rock with me. However you choose to frame that, 
you put that with your web series, short film, scripts, all that other material, then you have something. It's no one or the other. It's both and. And you have to really want it and mean it. Let me, let me ask you, do you think the fellowships that you guys were in, and some of you guys were in more than one, <clears throat> do you think they helped you or prepared you for the staffing jobs you got? Without them, do you think you would have been in the position you were in? Go ahead. Yeah, I've got to answer. There's three words that sum up that experience. Double-edged sword. <clears throat> hmm. Double-edged sword. Tell the kids what you mean. In a sense that I know, looking back, I would have not gotten anywhere if I hadn't gotten into the ABC program. Or they might have added another five years to my first wow. break-in. Okay. Because the situation I was in was, you know, like as Tosh said, you know, who the hell is Brandon Easton? I don't know who that guy is. Mm-hmm. Like, why? What? Mm-hmm. Who's this person? And, I, and this is after working on two animated series. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, and it was animation. Which, which nobody that's, cares that's about. Exactly. exactly. So, um, ABC afforded me access the ABC okay. writing program specifically afforded me access to people in situations I, quite frankly, would not have been able to get into myself. Mm. I know that, okay. you know, based on who I am and based on the tools I had at the time. True. It would have just taken another, you know, it would have been a five-year process of me weeding my way in. So Now, did you move mm-hmm. here getting into the program? I, no, I Chandice, lived, you did, right? No, I, I moved to L.A. in 2008. Okay. From New so you've York been here for a minute. Yeah, and then I didn't get in until obviously 2015. So I've been kind of bouncing around. That's, but I wasn't that's the hustle, though. But I didn't start applying until okay. like 2011. Okay. Because I didn't even realize it was a thing. I didn't <clears> know it was existing. <throat> mm-hmm. I was like, what the hell is this? You know? And then, you know. So did, you, that, did, it, did it benefit you, you feel, being in those I, programs? I, I do. I, <clears> I, I do think it benefited. One of the things it allowed me to do was to, I had representation on the management side. So it allowed mm-hmm. me to upgrade my mm. representation, you know, I mean, and to, to get to a point where I, when you're in these programs, it is a sense of validation, you know, because people know these programs mm-hmm. and they, and it's, you know. They all it, know that more than likely you're probably going to be staffed, so right. all the exactly. agents want you at that time. And, and, and they, they're, they're probably making, you know, the assumption, oh, I guess they're pretty good or mm-hmm. they can write. because They've been validated. Point, sure. That's right, because at some point, I mean, you can talk about people who even have agents and some mm-hmm. of them aren't that good at, you know, probably <laughs> at their craft, but they have agents, <laughs> so that gives you the understanding True. that they're pretty good. And mm-hmm. so everything helps you out here. And I, I can, you know, I, I remember listening to something that Ava DuVernay had mentioned because I don't think she, before she did her very first feature, she, I don't think she ever did a program or none of that. And she no, talked she, about, she talked about, that's right, she talked about applying to some of these these programs but ultimately she just went out and made it so i'm just, i'm going to say yeah you know it helped me it did give some validation but you don't need the programs mm-hmm. you know it just you know it, it's just something that gives you uh what i would say that sense of confidence that you're there and you now you just got to go out and, and decide what to do with that mm-hmm. and i was gonna say i mean i was <clears throat> the only the only program i've been in was the um the cosby fellowship mm-hmm. which is no longer right. you know you know they do the brothers but it was around for what 20 years? Something like Something that. Like, it was wrong for a minute. For a minute yeah. You know, it was, it was worth it. It was nice being at USC, you know, for the time we were there. <clears throat> but, um, you know, we had to go through all the same process. You had to have your application, you know, et cetera. Mm-hmm. It's more one of, those, one of those programs that, you know, shout out to Doreen, you know, for putting that together all those years. Hmm? Oh, yeah, definitely. <clears throat> but shout out to them. And, and even to, you know, Cosby, you know, for backing that for as long as you did. For sure. But, um, it prepped you to be ready for those programs. A lot but, of people came out of that. But and went they into all have <clears throat> imperfections. All of them. Double edged sword. Yeah, well, let's talk about it. Let's well, talk that's about what he was talking about, the double edged sword. Because you, it, like Chanda said, you are, it is um, a way for people to know who you are, and it right. is mm-hmm. a stamp of 
one, you can write, you can string together some words in the punctuation, maybe in the correct places. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and two, you might not be crazy. So, you know, that's the other thing they fear yeah. in this industry. That's Are true. they going to be crazy? Very true. true. Good God, and <laughs> that's really no indicator. <laughs> but that's the two things that they're like, okay, you know, enough people have seen this person. We know that they can write and they're, they're probably, you know, mm-hmm. you know, not a complete introvert. They can, you know, go out and talk and all of that. Mm-hmm. So you'll, you'll get your agent. You may get an upgrade in, in your representation. Mm-hmm. You may get a, your first credit. If you don't have any credits, you may get something produced, something else you want to do. All of those things will happen under the guise, under the stigma that you were in a diversity program. And you mm-hmm. say, is it a stigma? Yes, sir and ma'am, it is because they think it's special. Mm-hmm. You'll have people saying, oh, you only got the job because you were the diversity hire. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, <laughs> are you crazy, <laughs> sir or ma'am? Mm-hmm. Because even if there's, say there's 100 jobs, mm-hmm. maybe there's 13 for diversity people. Mm-hmm. And they don't have to take them. Mm-hmm. And then if they do take them, that still leaves 87 for you, sir or ma'am. Damn. And Tell if them. you can't get a job, mm-hmm. jump. I don't know what to tell you. Mm-hmm. Jump. <laughs> Ha. Look, I got a bridge I got for you right now. I should do math on that. Really? Yeah, I sat down there. I figured out how many people, like, if they say there's 400, I, I don't have it in front of me, but if, if there's 450 shows, right? Mm-hmm. So they say, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. And on an average, let's say each show has about six to eight writers. And I, I skewed down the front yeah. service. I said six writers. Yeah. And you do the math on that. It's, I forgot 20, what it is. 28,000 you know, or whatever. Right. So the trick is... Ask the man who does numbers right. over there. So then you say, <laughs> how many, yeah. how yeah. many yeah. people actually graduate from the programs, not counting Nickelodeon, which is only Nickelodeon shows, when you look at the, how many so-called diversity writers are actually in play, it is a ridiculously small number versus the amount of slots there are, yet somehow people seem to think that we've that there's this overwhelming horde of people taking jobs from hardworking white folk. And, and, and you know, it doesn't make sense. I, and I and I totally, I have a you know, I have a I have a big problem with the word diversity. You know, mm-hmm. because I, I, you know, I I just think it in this day and age, it is a word that does have a connotation to it, and, mm-hmm. and it's not always the best connotation. Sure. I have a, a good friend of mine who went out <clears throat> and he had a representation meeting, and I'm not going to mention the, the company, the management company, but they told him after reading his his spec, his pilot, they're like. He's a white guy. He's mm-hmm. like, you're good, but just so you know, uh, you're not going to be able to get staffed because most of the spots are going to be towards, for, for new writers, going to be for diversity hires. Okay, i got to say something. <laughs> yes. I have had, because you guys know I'm super busy over the Rogers Guild. I have had three different white dudes at the Guild come to me after a meeting and pitch to me why we should write together to help them get on staff. <laughs> I bet it's happened to you. That happened? Really? Yeah. I have told Three someone to kill themselves for that. Yeah. I have. Shit. I didn't even say jump. I said find something. Uh-huh. I, I mean, drugs with, with your choice. You uh-huh. need to kill yourself. Uh-huh. Because he was like, I need to I need to partner with you, Tash, because I'm a white guy. <laughs> and only way wow. I'm going to get staffed is if I am <laughs> considered a diversity hire. And I said, look here, white guy. Were you in look a here, white guy. He was like, yeah, I wasn't a friend. I said, then they're looking for you. And if you can't get a job, right. it's you. Yeah. 
Yeah, your writing must be really bad. It's not. That's what I said. It's, I said it is so you. No, they look for any reason to hire a white guy. I was like, because that the only reason they're hiring me. Mm-hmm. You mean like, what do you do, sir? Mm-hmm. What is wrong with you? I said it's so many things wrong with you. You mm-hmm. should start therapy now Damn. because what are you saying? Mm-hmm. I'm like, there's maybe one in a hundred chance that I'm going to get on that same show that you're going to go out for. Mm-hmm. And if you can't figure it out, sir, it's been nice knowing you. Damn. I will come to your wake. Damn. What is happening? <laughs> it's happened so many times. And I've she heard... Mic dropped on that motherfucker, didn't I, you? I've heard white guys... I, yep. this, I, this, this one white guy who did a program with me, mm-hmm. straight up white guy, love him. Was he gay? No! <laughs> he was not gay. They have diversity of thought. Yep. Yeah. Don't get me started on That's straight up white guy. Mm-hmm. Plenty of white people in these programs. Yeah, I have to say, I have to say, white all the people women, who asked me were straight white men. White women, yes. as we all know, are the biggest mm-hmm. beneficiaries of affirmative action. Correct. And they the reason the orange man's in office. Nah. That's a whole nother story. <laughs> but <laughs> in all honesty, every time I see these. The, the white guy that was in the program with me, he mm. was like, well, you know, I'm in this program, but they still see me as a white guy. And I said, because you are. <laughs> I don't know what they got you thinking, mm-hmm. sir, but you are a white guy. That's what you are. And it, it's, it's unfortunate that they think, oh, we're taking their jobs. Oh, I'm mm-hmm. so tired of hearing that. Mm-hmm. Oh. And then a showrunner will say something crazy like, I'm so glad I was able to give someone like you a chance. And I'm like, what's happening now, sir? Did you just say that to me? Like, he, had to, he gave me a job over some white guy. Mm-hmm. Like, some white guy is not going to be able to get another house because I gave you a job. <laughs> I, I, you know, I just think... That's <laughs> great. I think it, it is something we just have to move past and at some point. I remember Hillary, a couple of guys were in this, this, this uh, discussion on this topic, and there, there was a, a senior EP who was at a function, and I'm not going to mention the name, African-American woman, who, black woman, who, who said she was introduced as the diversity hire mm. at this Are gathering. talking about now? Mm-hmm. And, and, and she wasn't. <laughs> and at some point, where does it end? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, because... When we create this, it, it doesn't benefit the. It doesn't benefit writers of color or people of diversity. It doesn't benefit the studios who are trying to move past this. I think we, you know, our representatives as well. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, with female directors at an all time low, I think we have to get to a point where we really do champion the talent. And you know, I think the programs do do a service, but I think at some point, you know, we have to move past. Some well, of this. Tash said something when we first started. Was I think it was really important. <clears throat> I think we said it on, I think, it be, was it before we started or whatever? But you were talking about how you tell your, your agents and your, your reps, don't even send me on general meetings anymore. We got to at least talk about that because that's super duper important. Because yeah. everybody thinks you can't even get a job without a general. Because usually you go out on the, what they call the water tour the water or whatever. The cal- the water bottle I call tour. it the couch and water bottle the tour. The couch and water bottle You know, mm-hmm. where you get an agent and all of a sudden, boom, they send you out to like 40 different meetings that are just like, hey, we read your script, you're cool, uh, come back next week. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like nothing really comes out of it. You have all, and, and a lot of people actually collect these water bottles. You always have these stories of like, oh, I got 60 of them sitting in my office or whatever the fuck. It's like, oh, okay, throw them away. Um, but 
Let's talk about that for a quick sec, Tash. Well, you know, for me, it's like I have. I remember after I did uh, Riders on the Verge, mm-hmm. and I was not an assistant as you. I was an um, educational consultant and a grant writer at the time. So I didn't want to, even though I was making shorts, I was um, directing web series. Mm-hmm. I was doing my own thing, but I decided I didn't want to be a writer's assistant. I didn't want to get on somebody's desk because mm-hmm. I just was like, I don't want to be bitter watching everybody get a job. And doing what I want to do. Mm-hmm. If I'm not writing, then I'm going to do something else with my writing that I feel is beneficial and that I, I'll enjoy. So when I got into Writers on the Verge, I was the only one that had not met Karen really? before I got in. Oh, okay, yeah. And I was like, wait, what? What you mean you met with Karen? <laughs> like, I was completely, <laughs> like, oblivious mm-hmm. to this. Now, of course, I had a manager, and I was still doing stuff. So it's, I, it's not like I was outside of the industry. I just mm-hmm. wasn't on inside the industry. Mm-hmm. I was kind of... Chilling in the parking lot, parking lot pivot (laughs) (laughs) of the industry. So when I got in, I thought, you know, you keep your job. I thought, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to get staffed. And then, like, we didn't get staffed. Wow. So I was like, now what what do I do? Well, because I did the program, meetings were happening. Like, Like, you 60 water bottles, I'm sure I had at least 60. Wow. Just... Meeting, 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 mm-hmm. but they were all generals. They were all production companies. Oh, they have five pilots in contention. Mm-hmm. Oh, they have... I didn't have any showrunner meetings. Those are the people that hire TV writers. It's just like going to Walmart mm-hmm. and only interviewing with the greeter. <laughs> you ain't getting the job. <laughs> you ain't not the manager, in, right? You, they the greeter. Mm-hmm. You're not getting the job. Yeah. So... I started feeling like it was a waste of my time. And mm-hmm. I just started vocalizing like, look, it's a waste of my time. Unless they're the person hiring for those positions. Mm-hmm. Are they setting up the... Then why am I doing it? If it's, unless it's for development. I'll do development okay. because if they're looking to develop with me, then I'm looking to develop with them. Okay. But the rest, I'm like, why are we doing all of these meetings that mm-hmm. go nowhere? Mm-hmm. They just go and nowhere. All of them do it. And we've all been on those tours. Everybody does. They don't remember. Mm-hmm. I have executive friends. Mm-hmm. And they don't remember you. They may have <laughs> 30 in a week. Right, right, right. How the hell are they going to remember you if you're not at the top? Correct. If you're not on the lines where they're saying, get me Tash, mm-hmm. they don't remember you. <clears throat> Only way you need to have a general is after you had a showrunner meeting. Mm-hmm. And you got to be approved by the studio. Mm-hmm. And then you go to your general mm-hmm. because you know, oh, this is the next step. But for a lot of us, if we've gone through the gauntlet, I'm like, is this person brand new? Why am I meeting with them? Mm-hmm. I, my, my reps work for me. I don't work for them. And them, for them to think they're doing something by sending me on a bunch of meetings, <laughs> no, sir, you wasting my gas money like an old lady. <laughs> but let me, let me just say that. Go ahead. That, I agree with Tash and to, to that extent. That is a, an inside issue some some something to some extent meaning you know most people would love to have any meeting you know to get mm-hmm. once they're in the, in the in the industry and so i agree that you you know when you're in this town you're going to have a, a lot of meetings it's a necessary evil people want to kind of touch you and you know and and, and, and kind of <laughs> <laughs> and poke you to like oh you yeah you know and see you squeal whatever you know i think what you want to do, though, is in, in many ways is know that this town, people get fired every day. Correct. 
<clears throat> people move on to different projects. And so my thing, my, my case for taking a, a, a different view is, is that you're going to probably see that same person in another position somewhere. Sure. And I think it's good to meet these individuals because this town is so small that at some point when you are at a position or when you, when you, maybe you're, you're doing something where you're going to come into contact again. And so it's a different type of conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I guess, but, but, but Tash, I was just going to say, go ahead, go ahead. Candace is right. Do not do what I do because something wrong with me. <laughs> I am clearly a revolutionary. I won't have too many more jobs. No. They will not be televised. No. <laughs> it will not be televised. It, it will be because it'll be my show. I don't know what he's talking about. Um, but Candace is right. I'm just not doing it anymore. But do you need to do it? Absolutely. And it is a first world problem. It also helps you pitch. I mean, there's lots of lots of things. There's a bunch of reasons of, to do it. And if you're you know, just starting, I mean, I really, I'm not a showrunner. So mm-hmm. I really have no nerve. I have my nerve <laughs> talking about what I am and not going to do, what I'm going to do and not do, mm-hmm. and I ain't running nobody's show. Mm-hmm. Clearly, I'm on some other shit. But what <laughs> I'm saying is sometimes we just have to put things in perspective and just right. know <clears throat> Have our have our own rules. Whatever your rules are going to be, make them, stick to them. You know, make sure you, the people that work for you, which are your reps, understand this is why I'm doing this. This is how I want to be pitched. All of that is very, very, very necessary because otherwise well, you, you just run around like a hamster in a wheel. I was going to say, one of the reasons that I used to get was that, because I think 10 and I was like, okay, I'm kind of done. <laughs> right? <clears throat> but... <laughs> you know, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> but they said this to me. She said, You're, the thing that you need to remember is, like they always say, the, the assistant tomorrow is going to be the agent, whatever. So that young executive you're meeting is going to be running the, the company in a year or two. So you meet them to get the, hey, here I am. And then they go, God, I read the script a year ago. You know what I mean? So that's what, kept me back on the tour again, but I don't like the tour. <laughs> I think it's kind of bullshit. You know what I mean? Well, don't forget, <clears throat> if you're an executive, it's your job to kind of meet with the writers so that if one of them happens to do something, you can then say, well, I met with this person. I'm familiar with this person. You're somewhat covered in terms of your, sure. your daily function. Now, for us, you know, to Tash and Chandice's point, it's what are you getting out of it? Mm-hmm. You get to a certain experience level, and you can stand strong like Taz is like if you're not if if it's not really leading to anything meaningful in terms mm-hmm. of an actual hire, because most of them are not. Correct. You know, but, executives but are limited. Let's not get it twisted. She's been on staff many times. Yes. Right. So it's not exactly. like she's saying, I'm not going, and she's never been on staff. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? She's experienced this and she's at a point, and you can speak for yourself on this, right? But she's at a point. Where she's like, I'm no longer going to play That's into right. your thing. If I were a white person, I'd be, I'd be fucking co-producer level by exactly. now. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Basically, it's ridiculous. I mean, I went on. I, I had this conversation with my manager, and she was like, "Oh, I need you to go meet with this executive." And I was like, Psh. "And so we've been together a long time. I can have an attitude with her." And so she was like. And so she went, she already, we had already had the conversation. She Mm -hmm. knew she had to answer to why. And so Mm -hmm. she said, this is why. And she had three very solid reasons. And I was like, okay, go ahead. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. This is the time I want to do it. Hopefully it fits in their schedule. And she was like, done. I had the meeting. Mm -hmm. Right after the meeting, I went to go 
meet with a friend of mine who's an exec on that lot. Mm-hmm. We're at the food truck. The, the girl I just had the meeting with comes down and gets me and is like, my boss wants to meet you now. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, cool. Let me take my food up. <laughs> but met her boss. Mm-hmm. That for me was productive. Yeah. Because she didn't have hiring power. Mm-hmm. But she was like, I'm getting you to my boss who has power and power right mm-hmm. now, to Tracy's point, mm-hmm. I said that's what I wanted. When mm-hmm. I met with her, I said, so do you <laughs> do the hiring? She's like, I better go call him right now. And she was just like... I can get my own bottle of water. <laughs> so no, so anyway, do you? Is it you? Is it not you? Who mm-hmm. is it? And then she was like, I want you to meet her. I was like, wonderful. You can make that happen. And she like, did. I'm going to sit right here while you call him, bitch. Call him. I didn't even think. She did, though. I didn't even think it was going to happen like that. She wouldn't talk to her right after she saw me. She was like, well, can we meet her on? It was like a Friday. And her boss was like, can we meet her on Monday? She's like, well, I don't do her schedule. She was like, you know what? I think she's downstairs. Let me go see. And that's how that happened. Yeah, it came and found me. I appreciate that. But that goes to his point of saying, I'm here. I know what my manager said. What you going to do? Sister could have easily sat there twiddling her thumbs, making the small talk. She Mm -hmm. opened up her mouth and asked a pertinent question. There's no harm in asking the question. You know, people can't get offended. You were polite. She asked the right question that was relevant to to benefiting her. One of the things I learned from one of my big mentors years ago is that when you go in a meeting... You always end it with, you know, this was awesome. I love this stuff. Is anybody else on this lot you think I should meet with? Why not ask them? You'd be surprised. They'd be like, oh, you know what? Actually, on they have a sci-fi show down the street that actually, you actually would be good. They, it's like they're just not thinking about that. Because what did Chas say? They're like, oh, yeah, I know Hilliard. But they're not going, we need to get Hilliard. So you have to make them go, oh, I need to get you. Sometimes you have to tell them you need to get me. You feel me? If that makes any sense. So that, that's why that registered so much for me. So much for me. Get episode. That's what I'm talking about. We I know. About well, let's keep going. Yeah, I got time. I'm trying to be respectful to your time. So. I'm going to have some girls cussing me out. <laughs> but um, <Let's> go. <laughs> interview process after the phone interview, then for um, NBC, it's an in-person interview for Writers on the Verge. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you got a lot to say about that. And but for ABC, it's it's different, and I guess Brenda's gonna tell you very different. (laughs) ABC is like I'm shocked they didn't take my fingerprints and ask for my blood and a strand of my hair, whatever hair I had at that time. What does it look like? What does it look like? Well, I'm not gonna give too much of what I'm supposed to talk about, but there definitely are a series of hoops you have to jump through. The one I felt that I bombed on. Mm-hmm. I'll talk about the negative first, and I'll talk about the positive second. Was the there's an executive mixer okay. where you are sent into a room with liquor and <laughs> water and soda and fruit and wine and cheese, and you are judged by executives based on your interaction or lack thereof. Interesting. And they're scoring you on these attributes, which you have no idea what those attributes are. You know, and I, and I was one of those people. I just looked at the sheet, and I'm like, whoa. Just, no, just all these, don't go in putting food food in your pocket. That's tough. <laughs> so or that, drink so, too much. All that, all 
they're asked to do is to circle the people they remember. Really? Is that what it is? They don't score shit. I had no idea. That's why your picture's on there. They go. <laughs> oh, the black guy. Yeah, I remember that. If they remembered you, if you left a lasting impression. Right. They circle you. Yeah, I felt very weird that night. Because that, I was yeah, not. It's it, like it, it felt on like a, a cattle call. Like, it, it was like the scene in Get Out. It was like. Get Out before Get Out came about. <laughs> I mean, I'm, right? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying Somebody that. touched <laughs> his arm. It's like, he looks like a nice strong buck. Right, so, uh, strapping young man. <laughs> but the one thing I was told after the fact, after I got in much later, they did say they are looking at how much you drink. I was told that. And I said that, oh, really? Because I did, I, I don't think they noticed it, but I did drink a little bit more than I should have. But I was really, I hold my liquor very well. It was wine. So I, I was really nervous. I was scared. I kept sweating. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm messing this up. And then later, Tim says, no, you did fine that night. I'm like, mm. that night? But the thing that actually got me over was you have to pitch in front of a bunch of executives eventually. And you just I, like sitting in a room? Doing yeah, it was okay. a round table. And mm-hmm. I pitched a, a bottle episode of How to Get Away with Murder. Mm. And How it, many execs did you have? There was at least eight to ten in that room Let that day. Let me tell you about comedy. There was at least twenty people Repeat in that, that again. room. Tell you about what comedy. Mm-hmm. So I write both now, drama mm-hmm. and, and comedy. Mm-hmm. But when I got into when I did the ABC, mm-hmm. it was about twenty people Good in God. the room, and they all sitting there like, "Make me laugh, bitch." <laughs> <laughs> so crazy. So, so my trick was that because I was able to pitch a bottle episode of a hyper-serialized series with a Shondaland exec in the room, which I was mm. not aware of, oh. mm-hmm. she sat there and was like, her eyes was like, yeah. it was like, like yeah, we could shoot that. We could do that. It was a Tex Avery cartoon. It was like, and I'm sitting there like, wow. She afterwards she was like, oh my god, how did you come up with that? And I was like, oh, because the character said this, and this one, he said a throwaway line that actually should be an episode, and I created that. You listened, yeah. You know, to quote the Thirteenth Warrior. So that's what happened with that, and I felt that having a really strong pitch, having something that was a little bit off book got me over the top because I felt that many other people who, you know, because it's almost like a, it's like a holding pen. You're sitting out in this office area with a bunch of other people who are gunning for the exact same, one of the eight slots that were available. Mm-hmm. And you can look at some people and realize like, yo, you do not have what it takes. Really? Because some people wear their lack of imagination on their sleeve. Mm-hmm. You can look mm-hmm. at them and say, wow, how did you get this far? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You are a dullard. <laughs> a dullard. And damn, <laughs> and, I, and, and, and I'm not trying to down anybody, but it's just one of those things. When you're in the heat of the com- of competition, you have no time to have empathy, mm-hmm. you know. Because I was just sitting there like, oh my god, I need this more than I could possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. So, I, and sometimes you know, you go into it, and I, I get kind of competitive. And I start looking at a person like through Terminator vision. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is how you destroy them. This is how you destroy them. This is how you beat this person. I really need this job. <laughs> so. <laughs> It, it, it was kind of, and, 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 it, and that was the kind of the vibe that was there, and it wasn't something that you know I particularly care for a lot, but it was mm-hmm. definitely a vibe where it was like, yo, but I hey, win. hey, I'm gonna you tell know. you, everybody I know, and I guarantee you, all mm-hmm. of us can say that well, whether we're talking about Malcolm Spellman or mm-hmm. Murray, mm-hmm. any of them cats, they are fucking hustlers, sharks, yeah. sharks. You got the motherfuckers will take you down, right? You know what I mean? And I'm learning that. <clears throat> I hang around, <laughs> I hang around Glenn Mazzara a lot, right? Glenn is always talking about. The, um, the writer's room on the shield. He's like, dude, they will eat you the fuck up. If you didn't step up, you would not survive in that room. They would be like, nope, don't like his joke. Move on. I mean, they would dog you. You know what I mean? He said that room made everybody better, you know? And so, but look, all of them are showrunners now. Everybody who That's was right. on that show, you know? Right. Okay. Wow, nice. So what was yeah. the last show you were on, Tash? Um, 
Shameless puck. <laughs> like it. So I was um, last staffed on a, uh, a drama called Rebel, mm-hmm. which is executive produced by John. It's about Singleton. to come out. Or did it come out? Yeah. It's coming out this Tuesday. Oh, on so, a Tuesday. Yeah, talking about. Uh, he's in the most recent issue of, of Variety, talking about mm-hmm. Rebel. Um, it's uh, coming out on there Thursday. With, um, Angela Allen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. You want to say H U? Yeah, she went, to, she went to Howard. <laughs> um, uh, and it's this this Tuesday at 10 on BET, 10 Pacific time. So yeah. check your I, list. I, this is going to drop tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow. Okay. So tune in. Um, mm-hmm. We'll be tweeting live, the, sure. the writers and the cast. Right. Um, and my showrunner is Randy Hugg- Huggins. Huggy. Oh, that's right. Good. Yeah. So Randy came up on The Shield. And oh, okay. And you know, started off as a writer's assistant. Wow. Yeah, and See, moved up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he he always talked about how you know Sean Ryan basically, you know, was the type of dude that if you was a janitor and you had the best pitch, you they was taking that pitch. Yeah. He's but like John the, Wells. He's from that camp. From that camp. Yeah. But at the same time, if it ain't good, shut up. No, nope, that's horrible. You know, he said, you know, you exactly. just really got, you got your chops and mm-hmm. you got them and, and you knew what you knew. And, and that's how he ran his room. You know, people who come from those showrunners that, you know, it, it didn't matter. You was know. that your first one hour? That was my first one hour. Okay. Yeah. Let me just ask you really quick. Well, I know you got to run. Um, so did, how did you finally convince your reps that you were going from a half hour to one hour? Or how do you manage that? Just I had to get I had to get new reps. Oh really? I stay with my manager, but I got a new agent. Okay. Agencies don't want to do it. They don't want to pitch you as both. Mm-hmm. So you have to like find somebody who's going to be on board with mm-hmm. that. And I was like going around town having meetings, and they just wanted me to stay really? a comedy writer. Especially when you've been staffed before. Though. When like, you've been you, staffed, why are you moving? Why are you changing? Mm-hmm. Your samples are really funny. You're funny in the room. We can get you a job. Yeah, I'm sure you can. <laughs> so why haven't I? Why didn't I staff for a whole year? You know, so it becomes, you know, people say, why did you, you know, switch? And I'm like, first of all, there's levity in everything, so mm-hmm. I can be useful anywhere I go. But mm-hmm. I also want to have the opportunity to create my own show, mm-hmm. and my show will have some dramatic element to it. So I need to learn that side. Good for you. And I want to be able to choose my job. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to say, this is the show I want to write for. And a writer writes. I don't know when it became that you can only do this. I agree. You can only do genre mm-hmm. once you're a genre writer. Mm-hmm. You can only do procedural once you're a mm-hmm. procedural writer. Like, wouldn't that become true? I mean, mm-hmm. I know not everyone writes comedy. I get that. Mm-hmm. But if, if that person can write both and they have samples and they're able to say, look, I can do it, why are you telling them they can't? Correct. So, we all have more interest than one area. Yeah, I don't understand that. We're multifaceted people. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I'm not one layer. Correct. So, yeah, Rebel was my first drama. It was a lot of fun. What network is it? It's, it's going to be on BET. Oh, okay, cool. BET yeah. has stuff that... Go ahead, BET. Really? Mm-hmm. It's edgy, doing too? It. Yes, it's very edgy. Really? Okay, good. I mean... I'm going to support that, then. It's, it's, that? A, it's a really, really good show, okay. you know. The main character was um, is a police officer, mm-hmm. a detective. Her brother is killed by the mm. force she works for. Mm. She quits that agency and then be, kind of becomes basically a vigilante as a private investigator. Okay. You know, for her community and then still trying to see what happened to her brother. How did her brother become a victim of the shield she wants to So you guys came out, right? When Shots Fired came out. Shots Fired was um, 
both pilots mm-hmm. went out at the same time. Yeah. So that pilot and Rebel went out at the exact same that's time. Right. And also, this is that's John's. A little, little closer, little closer. Mm-hmm. John, John's second pilot this year as well. I mean, he has second two out. Show. Second show. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, he has Snowfall, one? which is oh, the other yeah, one yeah, on yeah, FX yeah. about okay. the crack. Uh, epidemic, oh, epidemic wow. Damn, in, I love in LA. On that one. And so I that, even heard of this. yeah, that, you didn't uh, hear about it? Wow. yeah, get closer, get closer. It's, it's one of those, you know, it's, it's FX and it's already like buzzing to get that second totally. pickup. Yeah. Damn. Totally and that's there. how I, I even got on rubble was to write on snowfall. Wasn't oh, really? to write on rubble. So it's you went just, in, you went in for the other one first. I went in, I was record. I didn't go in. Hmm. Cause here we go. Hey, hey, who do you that's know? That's not how you tell them, tell this joint. I was recommended to John by another showrunner okay. who couldn't hire me. Mm-hmm. And you asked that question, well, if you can't hire me, maybe one of your friends can. <laughs> maybe, maybe John can. <laughs> <laughs> and they like they were like, I can't, but I'm a passionate script along. And you like, right. Yeah. But and it actually did. happened. Okay. Passed my script along for Snowfall. John was doing the pilot of Snowfall mm-hmm. last summer. No. It was last year because he had already shot. Something. No, this last summer was twi- was when I was staffed on Rebel, so it was the summer it was, before. It was 2015. 2015. Okay, okay. So 2015, he he shot <laughs> Snowfall, and so it was you know buzz that it was going to get picked up. I walked up to him at a DGA event. Oh, that one we were at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was there. That's hilarious. <laughs> and I was like, so somebody gave you my script. My name is Tash. He's like. Oh, what up, Tash? Like, he knew me. And I was wow. just like, that's odd. <laughs> but Put the bug in that ear. Right. Who, the person that recommended me is a really good friend that he respects in the industry. Okay. So it meant I could write and I wasn't crazy. Mm-hmm. Two number, number two things. Mm-hmm. Well, I am a little bit the good kind of crazy. <laughs> and we kept in touch. Well, they reshot Snowfall. Oh. FX is good for that. Mm. They've done a, that a couple of times. Mm-hmm. But he was already on Rebel. So mm. what happened was, he was like, well, I don't know what's going on with Snowfall, but I got this other show that okay, you can look. fight for. Wow. He's like, you come in now. And I was like, <laughs> I'm on this comedy, twirling my hair. Mm-hmm. Get off that comedy. But timing worked out perfectly where I ended the comedy a week later. I started Rebel. Wow. So. Okay, you know how many people these days do not go right into another nah, job? Just, it was a blessing. Okay. Thank you, Lord. What my 10%? Um, Shit. <laughs> <laughs> you were there facilitating. Uh, you know, you know, pimp fees. I was like, fees, I'm going to go. Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, so it was because I knew the, one of the creators of the show that I was taken seriously mm-hmm. as a submission. But you already in the system, too. So you yeah, can avoid Yeah, they already that. knew yeah. me. You know, they already yeah. knew me. They did not know me as a drama writer, and it was some resistance. Uh, okay. It's mm. like, she's funny. Uh-huh. And like, Rebel's now funny, too. Yeah, you need some humor, bitch. Right, what is yeah. happening? But there's always a little bit of resistance. Mm-hmm. It's just how convicted you are to what you want. And mm-hmm. you can't just go in it, like, willy-nilly, like, this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Like, And I did have to, like, convince people, mm-hmm. like, come on, let's make this work. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah. What'd you guys say, Trace? I'm just very proud. <laughs> All right, well, let's wrap it up on that. That was good. Good episode, John. I'm sure there's plenty more we could be talking about no doubt. in regard, mm-hmm. but I'm sure that at least get you guys started out there who are listening, shit like that. Where you at, Tracy Grant? <clears throat> Tracy Grant on Facebook, T R A C Y. On Twitter, it's The Real Trey, T H E R E E L T R A Y. Dudes, you don't have to be goofy. I can help you. <laughs> 
Get at me. <laughs> What are you doing? Life, you got a little, right. a little consulting thing or something? I you consult. I just don't like to see goofy dude. <laughs> <laughs> is that the name of it? You call it? Listen, we all have been in places where we don't want to be. <laughs> I will help you get your life right. That's right. Pass it on to Tash. <laughs> where you at, Tash? Um, <clears throat> uh, Instagram is Tashmanian, T A S H M A N I A. Cause she a devil, y'all. Mm. Or an angel. Mm. Depends on how, which way I spin. Um, <laughs> and then Twitter is Natasha Tash Gray, G R A Y, N A T A S H A T A S H G R A Y. Um, Rebel, it's Rebel underscore writers. Follow us there. We'll be live tweeting our, um, at Rebel on BET. Hmm. Cool. Did oh, you say you're on become Twitter? Become a TV, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm at sorry. Natasha Tash Gray. Um, Tash be writing. You can look that up too. <laughs> Tash be writing. Oh, pitch your, um, is that it? Your, um, oh, your, your my, consulting my, thing. my consulting um, yeah. firm. I also do free videos on YouTube. So if you can't afford to use my consulting services or you're not ready for that stage, I have uh, a YouTube channel that, does like little infomercials or mm-hmm. very they short give you videos. Game. Mm-hmm. They do. They they're a little helpful. I'm I'm behind. Forgive me. <laughs> but three to five minutes. How to pick a spec. Mm-hmm. Um. How to devise an elevator speech. You know what? Who's in a writer's room? Mm-hmm. Those little things. Um. And that's become a TV writer. Also on YouTube. And then the website is www.becomeatvwriter.com. Hopefully you'll get couple hundred people hitting you after listening to this episode. Where you at, Chandis? I am on Twitter, and you can find me at Chandis Jackson. It's C-H-A-N-D-U-S. That's it. Cool. Where you at, Brandon? On Twitter, it's um, at Brandon Easton, B-R-A-N-D-O-N-E-A-S-T-O-N. On Instagram, it's Brandon Easton Writer. And then I have my two podcasts. There's the two Brandons on the Buzzsprout domain, and then there's uh, Writing for Rookies. And you can find me there. Cool. That's what's up. Yeah. And I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter, at Hilliard Guest. <clears throat> you guys can follow the show, Screenwriters RR, on Twitter. Excuse me, we were shooting up in um, Sacramento last weekend. We were under all these trees in the pollen. My, I still have allergies. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, follow us on, uh, I think I said on Twitter, Screenwriters RR. If you have any questions, ScreenwritersRantRoom at gmail.com. Um, shout out again to Amwar for sending us a question about programs. Um, we appreciate that. Anybody else, please send us questions and we'll try to get to you. <clears throat> um, please give us a five-star review on iTunes, Stitcher. We need that shit for the metrics. Keeps us in the, you know, high up there and you know, keeps uh, eyes on us all over the world, which has been great. Um, <clears throat> follow me also on Instagram. I never promote that, but I'm on Instagram all the time. Um, uh, oh, follow us on Facebook, please. Uh, also, please. Uh, that's all I got. Hope you guys enjoyed that shit. <laughs> great show. Great yeah, show. yeah, great show, great guys. Show. We appreciate all you guys, you know, coming down. <clears throat> Thanks to all the listeners too. Appreciate. No the doubt, support. no doubt. So everybody joining us for 2017. So you know how we do it on this show. We keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what everybody. 2017. 2017. Peace, y'all. And I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the Red Room. So you wanna be?
be a rider Well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing and the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed In the rent room, we let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerds got no time for no kata Sass in class, yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess when you're listening to Hillier He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel, say what you want Welcome to the Red Room.